Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is December 11th, 2013, and we have a really special guest. His name is Carl Helvey, and he is a cancer survivor. Now, I haven't done any shows this year on cancer, so I'm very excited some of you may know I'm a cancer survivor myself. So I think we're going to learn some really great stuff today on the holistic alternative interventions that people can use along with whatever else they choose. So now I want to welcome Carl. Um, He's a nationally recognized health practitioner and widely published author. He's also a radio host, and he's developed multiple strategies for healthy, holistic aging and holistic health. Hello, Carl. Hi, Denise. I'm happy to be with you today, or tonight, tonight on the yeah, East Coast, probably midday in the <laughs> West Coast, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm on the West Coast. Right. So, Carl, I always like to start my shows out with telling our listeners how you got on the path that you're on. Well, I think cancer really put me on my path because before that, I, you know, was kind of eating whatever came along. I was a university professor, and I was always busy between teaching and research and writing and all that stuff, and I ate whatever came along. and didn't have a wife to take care of me, and so I didn't eat the best diet and probably... I didn't walk as much as I should and some of the things that are really important to stay healthy. And I did uh, go to a Search for God group, and I had started, uh, this was about four years before I developed lung cancer, I did start um, trying to be a better person and interact with people better, et cetera, et cetera. 
but uh, the cancer really put me on a path of seeing how important it is to be optimistic, to help people as much as you can, and to um, eat right, and to exercise, and to pray to God every day, and to be thankful for what you have and where you are in life, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a whole different lifestyle for the last 38 years. You know, it's it's interesting because with your background as a registered nurse and also a doctorate in public health and wellness, it's it's interesting how we will get so involved in our work that we just do. We grab whatever <laughs> food is available and we're right. sitting in our chairs happily working away <laughs> and our bodies right, right. are withering away. Right. So when you were diagnosed with the lung cancer at uh, age 42, how did you beat all odds for survival? Well, I, I started, uh, Denise, with a dream. And I think I was fortunate because I, uh, by that time, had developed faith in God. And I, uh, you know, believed that God speaks with us through our dreams if we listen. And so I went to the doctor and and asked for an x-ray because then you had to have a referral from your primary doctor and he gave me he well first he quizzed me about why I wanted it and I wasn't about to tell him it was because of a dream but he finally agreed and sent me and they found a spot that hadn't been there previously and then he sent me for a biopsy and it came back positive for lung cancer so uh, that was the start of the whole thing and then uh, he wanted to do chemo and uh, surgery, and I said, wait a minute, I don't make snap decisions. I go home, I think about it, I make a rational decision, and you may or you may not see me again. And he said, well, you will be dead in six months. And I said, well, that's my responsibility to make that decision, and your responsibility is to tell me the pros and cons of surgery and chemotherapy, and my responsibility is to make the decision. And he kept saying, but you'll be dead in six months. And I kept saying, but that's okay. So that's how it all started. And uh, then my friend Ursula, who was in my Search for God group, uh, well, actually was my doctor's sister, but he didn't know we knew each other. And Ursula was very different from my doctor in that she was very much into alternative health and she'd helped a lot of people that had cancer to find resources. And so Ursula said, well, let me uh, pray with you and ask for guidance and watch my dreams. And she said, would you like a psychic reading? And I said, well, I've never had one, but I don't have anything to lose. So I had a psychic (laughs) reading. (laughs) And everything came back that we should that I should treat it naturally. So Ursula said, well, I know a doctor that treats with Laetrile, which was illegal. And she said, would you like to see him? And I said, yeah. And so um, I went, and he was in the northern part of the state, and he had so much success with the Laetrile and his whole protocol that uh, at the National Cancer Institute that the government closed him down. And so he continued in private practice, and I had to sign forms that I wouldn't report him. And so 
he examined me again and confirmed that it was lung cancer and told me that uh, he wanted me to take Laetril and to take uh, apricot kernels. Laetril, the theory is that there is a nutritional deficiency and that Laetril or vitamin B17 or another name is amygdalin uh, will mm-hmm. uh, help with that nutritional deficiency. But the traditional literature will say, oh, it's dangerous. You'll end up in the emergency unit. It's not safe. You'll be sick because it has cyanide in it. And I tell people, well, it's a good thing I didn't know that because I didn't have any side effects. It probably would have killed me if I'd read that traditional literature. But what they mm-hmm. don't tell you is that the cyanide requires certain enzymes to activate and cancer cells have those enzymes, but normal cells do not. And so it doesn't affect the normal cells, but it kills the cancer cells. So I took the Laetrile. I took the um, apricot kernels, 25 a day, and that's one of the greatest sources of Laetrile. I took uh, pancreatic enzymes, which are very important because they found that most people with cancer have a deficiency of the pancreatic enzymes, and they're needed for, uh, you know, digestion of the supplements and the the laetrile and all the stuff that I took. And the reason that most people don't have adequate uh, pancreatic enzymes now is because of the processed and the cooked foods, and if uh, people eat raw fruit and vegetables, a lot of the digestion will take place in the upper stomach, and then it doesn't put as much uh, burden on the pancreatic enzymes. But most people eat the processed and the cooked foods, and they go to the lower stomach, and then that requires the pancreatic enzymes. So I took those. I took therapeutic doses of vitamin A, like 300,000 international units, and then 200,000, and then 50,000, and the normal is 5,000 international units daily, and it's also a fat-soluble vitamin so that the excess is stored in the fat rather than excreted. So I was a little concerned about that, but the doctor told me if I took high-dose vitamin E, another fat-soluble vitamin, it would help with the toxicity from the vitamin E. So I took uh, 800 milligram a day of the vitamin E, and then I took other Bs. I took 5,000 international units of vitamin C four times a day in the time release. I took uh, zinc, which is very important as a carrier for uh, the laetrile. I took uh, bromelain, which is... uh, Well, bromelain is interesting because if you take it with meals, it's a digestive aid. But if you take it with between meals, it's an anti-inflammatory. And I don't know if I knew back then that it was an anti-inflammatory or not. But but that was one of the things that the doctor prescribed was the bromelain. So I took that and I took uh, lecithin and some other um, supplements. And then the diet he put me on, which made sense in terms of the pancreatic enzymes and all that I mentioned, it was 75% Mm -hmm. raw fruit and vegetables with a little bit of additional cooked fruit and vegetables, grains and nuts, 
but I couldn't have peanuts because they're a high source of protein. I could have no protein, but I did have something called AG Pro, which is a predigested capsule of protein, so I wouldn't develop a protein deficiency. And Are you I losing weight? No, no, Denise. I don't know. I just I ate lots of fruit and vegetables, and I actually was putting on weight. I had to cut back on the fruit. Mm. I've never. Uh, it's kind I mean, of it, this fruit's so interesting. I mean, they have a lot of antioxidants. But on the same token, they have a lot of sugar. And with cancer, right, right. you know, sugar is not a good thing. <laughs> right. What? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so that was my diet for two years. And then I decided, being public health, that this physical is all good, but there's also a mental, spiritual component. So I added things like uh, prayer. Um, I did visualization. I did affirmations. I did meditation. I contacted Olga Worrell, who was one of the best-known psychic healers at the time in Baltimore, Maryland, and she put me on her prayer list, and I was on church prayer list. I tried to develop my patience, forgiveness, and uh, compassion and things like that. I think I failed as far as patience because I'm still very impatient, Denise, especially (laughs) when I get out on the road and someone is poking along ahead of me. And I live. It's a. I go about four or five miles at least on a two-lane road to get out from where I live, and invariably I'll get someone going at 20 miles an hour in a 35-mile zone, and there's no passing. And that's not very good for people that are very impatient, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but but God keeps giving me that lesson, and I keep not yeah. learning. <laughs> So, Carl, when you started this protocol, uh, how did the doctor monitor you? Actually, the alternative doctor never told me to come back. And so I went back to my primary doctor, but I didn't tell him I was doing anything. And so he thought we were in a wait-and-see mode. And I don't remember, Denise, whether I went back every three months or every six months, but I went back periodically and had x-rays to follow the progress mm-hmm. and after two years the spot was gone and so he said well because thinking that we uh, that we hadn't that I wasn't doing anything he said well I guess I made the wrong diagnosis oh and interesting. So my, right and my friend who I had taught with when I was at Duke who was professor of pediatrics, and at this point, he's the medical director for Blue Cross Blue Shield for the state of North Carolina, and he said, I want Mm -hmm. to see the x-rays, the lab reports, the biopsy. I want to see everything, and so I collected everything, drove to North Carolina. He reviewed it all, and he said it definitely was lung cancer. What a story. Were you starting to feel better? But you better? know, Denise, I think that the optimism, I think the faith in a higher being mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and helping others is no just question. as important as the diet and the supplements and everything else yeah. that I did. And I think if people is, don't I... have those, mm-hmm. then you they really may not do as well. 
You have to believe in in the uh, protocol that that you sign up for. It's very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So you started feeling better after a month or two or three. Do you remember? Actually, Denise, I never felt very bad. I never had any side effects to anything. I continued working. Um, I continued uh, doing my writing and doing research and all the things a professor do. And I never missed a day. Uh, I never felt bad. Nothing made me feel bad. The only thing was that the apricot kernels are very bitter. And so I would chew them. I would carry them in my pocket during the day. And periodically I'd take two or three. I'd chew them up and I'd have a glass of water. And I'd drink the water immediately after it got them chewed up. And the water actually tasted sweet after the apricot kernels because they're so bitter. But I never had any symptoms, side effects, nothing. So that's that's that is <laughs> I'm speechless on that one. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of uh, courage to take on cancer to begin with, and then Definitely. to do a protocol where you're supervision was rather limited. And the other thing to needs was my support was rather limited because even though Ursula was very supportive, my family all thought I should do what the doctor wanted. My nurse colleagues mm-hmm. all thought I should do what the doctor wanted. And so there was a lot of negative people trying to plant negative thoughts in my mind. And so Ursula was so important, and I think with any cancer patient, it's so important to support what they want to do and to provide, have a support system for that that person. And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, because the doubt is not good. No, and it's, it's very common because your loved ones, they have a lot of fear for your life. Right, right, right. In order to overcome the cancer, you have to fight it on a lot of different levels. But I believe now, were, were that. Were you eating uh, organic uh, food? Were you uh, eating organic food? Uh, Denise, back then, all the food was good. See, that was 38 years ago. Oh, you're now right. I would not. Uh, I would advise mm-hmm. anyone now. Uh, you know, you've brought this up. I would advise anyone now to eat either organic or locally grown if you know the marketing practices of the person you're buying from. Uh, But we didn't have these genetically modified foods. We didn't have the growth hormones. None of that was in the food supply. So that was one thing I didn't have to worry about, which was great. Why don't you explain to our listeners what genetically modified food is because some people may not have background on it well let me see I I never thought about explaining it I think it's where they try to modify uh, the foods in a way for example I think that they have added uh, things to some of the seeds so that they're they don't you don't have to weed the garden around and so Mm -hmm. the seeds grow so that there's no weeds and I use this weed killer in my yard to kill off the weeds. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, mm-hmm. I think they add something like that to it. And I've read a lot of the research years ago 
one of the pieces of research that I read was where they fed, uh, tried to get mice to eat tomatoes that had been genetically modified. They wouldn't eat them. And so they force-fed the mice, or they were rats, I guess. They Mm force-fed them, and then in 10 days they killed them, and their intestinal tracts were all abscessed from the genetically modified foods. And I read enough things like that that made me know I didn't want uh, to be putting that in my body. And I wonder if maybe that's why we don't have some of the diseases that we have now because of the genetically modified foods that people are putting in their body. Well, you know, we we have an epidemic of diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to say. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most of the foods in the supermarket, unless you purchase on the outside aisles where your fruits and vegetables are, and then your milk products, et cetera. If you're purchasing mm-hmm. most of your foods from the inside, you do have a lot of imitation food. <laughs> if you start mm-hmm. reading the ingredients, right. it's horrifying. You right. don't even know what half, mm-hmm. half the ingredients are. Mm-hmm. And, it, right. and it makes it very difficult time-wise because everybody's so busy to actually prepare their own meals these days. Right. I mean, just a salad takes forever to chop up. Right. Well, I go once a week um, because I live on an island and we don't have, uh, well, we've got one little restaurant here, but uh, we don't have, even in Hampton where I live, there's not many um, restaurants that have organic, I mean, I'm sorry, grocery stores that have organic. And so I have to go to the next little town over and I go once a week, and I go to Trader Joe's, I go to Fresh Market, and I go to Harris Teeter's before I can find enough food to last me for the week because no one has a large amount of organic food. So uh, You'll we'll find that in the large cities as well. Oh, do you? Uh, oh, I live oh. in a fairly large city, but I still have yeah. to shop it three or four different places. Oh, oh. And that takes time. It does. And like I said, and then the food preparation takes forever. And unfortunately, vegetables Mm -hmm. really don't last that long. Right, right. And people really need to have that one meal a day at least of raw. And so I try to do my salad at lunchtime. Uh, because mm-hmm. you will be sick otherwise if you do not get the raw fruit and vegetables in in the body, and if they're not organic. Hmm. I believe, and I found that it's worked well for me, uh, Denise, because I'm 81, and I have no chronic illnesses, prescribed medications, and I think that if people, and I get up in a walk, I get up at 6 in the morning, and I'm on the beach from 7 to 8. And I Mm. think if people get their exercise, they eat a salad every day, they eat organic, they eat primarily fruit and vegetables with um, a minimal amount. I I don't eat beef. I haven't eaten beef in 25 years. But I do eat some chicken and a little Mm -hmm. bit of seafood or 
uh, fish, but I'm concerned because of the mercury, and I don't eat farm-grown because of the toxins. And But you have to mm-hmm. be very careful about what you eat. And you I do. think people also need to be mentally alert, you know, to do something that's rewarding in their life. So mm-hmm. I love... I love my life now because I get up and I walk and then I have my, as you mentioned, my radio show and my books that come out. And so I get to meet lots of people uh, as a result of my uh, book that come out in November. And I hear you from... Tell the listeners the, about your book. Uh, my book, can my latest... find it? Uh, is You Can Beat Lung Cancer Using Alternative Integrative Interventions. And mm-hmm. uh, it's at Barnes and Nobles or Amazon or my website, which is beatlungcancer.net. And uh, the other thing I do is I hear from probably 60 people with cancer every month that want information. Sometimes they just want to know if there's a naturopathic physician or someone in their area that they can use to. Uh, reduce the symptoms of chemo or surgery, I mean radiation Mm -hmm. or whatever they use. And sometimes they want the name of a uh, doctor that um, will treat them with alternative. Sometimes they just want more information on what I did. So I try to uh, make that a priority. And many people, I hear from them three or four times, and then they've got the information they need, and I don't hear again. And then some, like uh, a disabled veteran that I've been communicating with for six months that wanted to follow exactly what I did. And uh, uh, I'm very pleased with how he's progressing because he was a stage four lung cancer, had pain, etc. Phenomenal. He, he. Um, it's been six months. We started with uh, something called the Navarro urine test, which is a urine test that usually was used to determine if you're pregnant or not. But they've also found that this test will most, it's pretty uh, reliable for cancer if you have over 50 on the test. So we got a baseline, and every two months uh, he's had another test. And he's done uh, exactly as I did. There were a few things that are no longer available, like uh, the pancreatic enzyme. We had to find a different one for him. And vitamin D, there's a lot of research now that vitamin D is very important. And so he added Mm -hmm. that. And then there's a diet called the Budwick diet, which I've known several people that have used this, only this, and overcome cancer. So we added that as his breakfast to uh, give a double whammy. And he his pain has been gone now for a while. And his tests every two months have been going down. And so we think, uh, we know that he's going in the right direction. He's feeling good. He's not having pain. And uh, his tests are uh, going down. I think they're down now. They started at 40. At, uh, 54, and I think they're down 52 now. So, mm. so I'm very pleased mm. because I, we, he was diagnosed as stage four, and so I feel like that if he comes through this, you know, then it will reinforce 
this the protocol that I use that this doctor gave me 38 years ago. Mm. Mm. Had it um, in, with his stage four um, prognosis. Had it spread? Yeah, and that's what he figures that the pain was. See, stage mm-hmm. four always is something that has metastasized somewhere else. And mm-hmm. he figured mm-hmm. that that's what it would probably have gone into the bone or something in his arm, and that's why he was having the pain. Yeah. But our but family, also, um, we, we lost somebody. We lost someone in our family with stage four lung cancer. Oh, did you? Oh, mm-hmm. and did they do yeah. chemo or? Yes, she did chemo and radiation, and she was gone within oh. four months. Four months. See, my, bro- my brother was the same. Uh, my brother was 91, and last fall he uh, kept feeling his chest, and his daughter told him he had to go to the doctor, and they told him he had lung cancer. I don't know what stage it was, whether the doctor didn't tell him and they didn't understand or what, but I don't know what stage it was, but they... Uh, offered him radiation, and he'd had his doctor for 40 years, so, you know, he had, he was very um, comfortable with him, and so mm-hmm. he did the radiation, but he lasted from, that was like November, and he died in May. He would have been 92, mm-hmm. but they gave mm. him five days a week for five weeks, and it was just too much. Mm. You know, we really haven't come what I consider a long way with uh, lung cancer survival, unfortunately. No, no. And part of the problem, is, as I read, is that people don't have symptoms until they're stage three or four unless they have mm-hmm. a dream like I did. I suspect mm-hmm. mine was one or two because of not having any symptoms, but usually people don't have symptoms until it's, stage three or four, and then that makes it less likely for survival. Although Dr. Forsythe, who wrote a chapter in my book, is using all natural interventions, and he does cohorts, and his last each time he tries to improve upon the treatment that he used for the previous cohort, and his third cohort of 500 patients, he... Um, had only stage four lung cancer, five-year survival, and I don't know how many were in that cohort because there was 500 total cancer patients, but he had 46% success for five-year survival for all cancer and 39 for lung cancer. And that's in contrast to traditional, which is 2% survival for stage mm-hmm. four, mm-hmm. five-year Mm-hmm. So he's having fantastic results, but unfortunately, he has been harassed also and was taken to court. And he told me that they couldn't take his license, but that it cost him a lot of money to defend himself. Mm-hmm. Isn't he in Reno, Nevada? Pardon? I think he's Sorry, located in Reno, Nevada. Yes, he is. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I know about him. him very much because I think that. He's doing some fantastic work. Um, he uh, mm-hmm. he was, and then Doctor Contreras also wrote a chapter in my book, and 
he uses a whole different uh, protocol, but he's treated over 100,000 cancer patients with alternative treatments, and he's having a much higher success also than traditional. Mm-hmm. I think he's out of Mexico. Yes, he is. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I finally got and to meet his, him. It might be his son. I think his... I think his son works with him now, or maybe he retired well, with his son. Right. Ernesto was his father, and mm-hmm. Ernesto was one of the first physicians that said that the mind influenced the body, and he was mm-hmm. ostracized from the medical profession because of this. But his son, uh, Francisco, uh, told me that his that before his father died, that they had realized that there was this connection and so that he was exonerated by the medical profession and his son has continued on with the uh, clinic. Hmm. Interesting. Let's talk about water, how important it is. Right. I personally water. have uh run across a lot of research that says that we don't our intake of water is not enough on a daily basis and that most people are running dehydrated all the time. And with mm-hmm. that dehydration, it really sets our body up for, for um illness. Right. Well what I do, Denise, is I measure out fifty ounces in the morning and fifty ounces in the afternoon. And I used to set the alarm, so I'd do it every hour. But now I, you know, now I'm just so used to it that I just reach for the class when the, the hour's up. I start usually when I get up at 6 in the morning, and I drink until about 6 in the afternoon, sometimes 7 o'clock. And then I don't drink after that because I give my kidneys a rest overnight. And so I, but I drink that 100 ounces in that 12-hour period, and I divide it because I think the other thing that's important is that it be divided equally over that period of time because I used to, if I'd get to noon and I hadn't drank enough water, I would drink half of it at that time, and Mm -hmm. that's not good because your cells need a constant thing of uh, hydration throughout the day. And so it, this works much better, and I don't get up and go to the bathroom as often, and it uh, mm-hmm. just works better. The other thing that with cancer is it's been, and I think most physicians now agree, uh, except for Dr. Norman Gonzalez in New York, uh, that, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's to me with a Gonzalez. Uh, most physicians realize, think that you need to, no, this is that is Gonzalez. Um, most physicians think that your body needs to become more alkaline when you have cancer because the cancer cells thrive in an acidic environment. And so a lot of people get very concerned and check their acidity and then take mm-hmm. things. Now, one of the best things, and I do this every day, I take three lemons and make lemonade with some stevia in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the best ways people say, oh, well, lemons, they're acidic, but they make your body more alkaline. And so mm-hmm. I'll have, 
I make a little lemonade. And stevia is, I've been told by nutritionists, is the only uh, sugar substitute that people should eat or should use because it's natural, it's made from a plant. And sometimes I'll pick up a stevia plant and I'll just take the leaves and I'll dry them and then put that in my uh, tea or whatever I'm using. But mm-hmm. I make a little lemonade in the morning and I drink that and uh, it, it, it helps a lot. My neighbor um, told me that she uses something called X2O made by Zuma and it, it's a combination of calcium, magnesium, and some other minerals, and mm-hmm. you put three packets of it in a gallon of water, and then you uh, drink that all day. When you drink your water, it has these in, and that also helps with the alkalinity. And then there are machines that some people buy that will, you can set it for eight or whatever you want in terms of the alkalinity in the body. Mm. So you're right, you That's need to true. have the water continually through the day, and then you also need to, most people think you need to try to be more alkaline. Now, Gonzalez is different than the rest because he thinks that there's two types of people. One type tends to be too acidic, and the other type tends to be too alkaline. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that certain cancers are a result of being too acidic, etc., and I'm uh, lung cancer is one of the acidic, and so is uh, breast cancer. And so for me, I would need to try to become more alkaline to maintain a little bit of a, more of a balance in the body. And you can also do some of that with food like uh, uh, meat, and some of those things are very acid-producing. Sweets are very acid-producing whereas fruit and vegetables. So I've kind of gone in the direction I should have been going before I even knew about all of that stuff with the fruit and the vegetables and all. So it's interesting, the different theories and, you know, how uh, you can take these and, and stay healthy in your own life even after even after cancer. How have you kept the self-discipline up all your life? To do all these things. How do I do that? Uh, I don't know. It's just become kind of a routine. And, you know, I'm always learning something new, as I know you are also. And mm-hmm. so when I learn something new, I try it like I had not heard much of the Budwick diet. And then I, uh, on Facebook, I'd meet people that said they had cured their cancer with the Budwick diet. And and then I met someone that I respect a lot who's written four best-selling books on uh, cancer, and he advocates uh, the Budwick diet. And so I tried that for, I guess, about three months. I really felt good, Denise. But the problem was that for some reason, when I take a lot of oreo, my triglycerides and my cholesterol goes up. And the last time I discovered, and this is not supposed to happen, but it does with me, uh, two years ago, I went into the danger zone. I had never been into that zone before. And uh, so I said to the doctor, well, the only thing I've done different over the last couple of years is take coconut oil. And I said, everyone says how healthy that is. 
Mm-hmm. But I looked, and I had started, when I started the coconut oil over the next two years, every time I went for uh, lab work, my test had gone up until I went up into the danger zone. So I stopped the coconut oil, and the next time I went, I was back down, not in the danger zone. And I had never gone up again until I started the flax oil in this Budwick diet. And when I had my lab test uh, last month, I'm back up in the danger zone again. So I've stopped the Budwick. So for some reason, something happens to me that doesn't tend to happen to other people when they take some of these healthy oils. Hmm. Yeah, I use coconut oil for cooking, put it in smoothies. I use a lot of it. And and your uh, cholesterol stays okay? I don't know lately. I'm due for a test. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, my good cholesterol never goes up very high. It never goes much above mm-hmm. 30. But my bad cholesterol had never been over 150 except when I was taking that coconut oil and now again with this flax oil. So, hmm. you know, there's something that's just not right in my body with these oils. So the listeners understand the Budwig diet um, requires you to take cottage cheese and mix flaxseed oil in with the cottage cheese and then eat it. It's very good because what I did with it, Denise, was I took the uh, flax and the cottage cheese and I used the 2% organic and Mm -hmm. I let it sit for five minutes and then I put it in the blender and blended it and put a little coconut milk in, blended it, and then I added whatever, uh, whether I had raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, I added berries, I added some stevia, I added some... uh, Oh, uh, nuts, a couple of hands full of pecans, and blended that and made a nice smoothie out of it, and it was good. You don't yeah, taste the oil at all. The cottage cheese and the flaxseed oil only, very difficult. The taste, the taste is just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. Bill Henderson, who I, mentioned, who I said I respect, uh, he told mm-hmm. me that he makes a smoothie out of it. and uh, But this is as a preventive. I don't know if you could do that, if you had cancer or not. But I use this as a preventive. And uh, it's it's really good. I look forward every morning to it because it did. It tasted like a parfait or something. And I never would taste the uh, flax oil or anything in it. So it was good. Yeah. There's so many challenges when someone's diagnosed with cancer because typically one of the things that it's good to do is to change your diet. And Mm -hmm. it can be so overwhelming if you have to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. If you've eaten a certain way for your entire life and then all of a sudden nutritionist is telling you, no, you've got to go back to just fruits and vegetables and little meat here and there, keep those sugars <laughs> away, keep those carbs away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does something to your brain and your spirit. <laughs> it's just, right, it's just right. like, <laughs> oh, it's tough, really tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
The other but thing then I again, try to do. The alternative uh, isn't so great, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> the other thing I try to do is to stay away from uh, drugs and medications, chemicals of any sort. And I found over the years that if I have a health problem, uh, I find a natural way to deal with it. You know, and this has been kind of fun because, uh, like, you know, most people, I have these little things that happen throughout life, and one of them was when my I got an enlarged prostate, and most men have this when they're about 55, but my did, mine didn't come on until I was 75, and for the listeners, if they eat fruit and vegetables, males, it will delay the onset, and that's why mine came on so late. But I found that I can use things like pumpkin seed elixir. And pumpkin seed, most men, when they get this enlarged prostate that's around the urethra, it restricts the urethra, and so they dribble when they try to go to the bathroom. And Mm -hmm. pumpkin seed... The pumpkin seed will give them a flow like a 20-year-old. So it's no fantastic. Kidding. Oh, no. Oh, it works wonderful. And then I wonder what's in I, it that does that. I have no idea. But it has hmm. to, uh, you know, it has to uh, open up the urethra somehow. And then I hmm. take uh, something called Cranmax. One capsule has uh, comparable to eight glasses of cranberry juice, and that keeps me from getting urinary tract infections. I think women have known for a long time that if they drank cranberry juice, because women tend to more often get urinary tract infections, but men get it also. Mm -hmm. And I take pomegranate and pomegranate. They have found, I take one capsule a day, they have found that pomegranate will prevent prostate cancer, and if you have prostate cancer, it will reduce the size of the tumor. And I started taking it when my uh, PSA went up to 12, Mm -hmm. and I started pomegranate, and in three months, my PSA was down to 5, and in another uh, couple months, it was back down to 3-something. And so that works. And uh, so there's things that I take for that. Uh, my doctor's been after me for six years for eye surgery, and I just keep taking my herbs, and I passed my driver's test last year, and I can see. It's only like if it's, you know, getting, it's not bright, bright in the room. I might have a little trouble seeing the tiny, tiny little print. But other than that, I don't have any problems at all with my vision. I had diverticulitis. Well, Carl, you are a walking miracle. (laughs) Well, I think if you can avoid, I think if you can avoid these chemicals, and I Mm have someone I'm interviewing tomorrow for my show that will say that the biggest cause of disease in this country is prescribed drugs. So I'm looking forward to hear what he has Mm. as a physician. I'm looking forward to hear what he has to say. But I think that we need to avoid these as much as we can. Well, the time has gone so quickly. We're almost out of time. Please let our listeners know how to contact you, as well as the name of your radio show. You know, when is it on? Where is it? 
Okay. Uh, they can contact me either through BeatLongCancer.net or HolisticHealthShow.net, and there's a way to contact me on there. Or I'm all over Google. All they got to do is put my name on Google, and I'm sure my phone number, <laughs> my email address, and everything else will come up. Um, so uh, I did want I'll mention my radio show. It's called it's the Holistic Health Show, and okay. it's, uh, I do series, and my series are usually four or five months long, and I do. I have uh, alternative doctors, naturopathic, uh, homeopathic researchers, etc., and they—it's all on natural ways to deal with problems. And so we've done diabetes, uh, arthritis, um, seasonal allergies, back pain, cancer, etc. And there's uh, natural ways to deal with all of these. Mm. Well, thank you so very much. I think we've all learned a lot from you today. And um, I want to personally thank you for being with us. Well, thank you, Denise. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners. And it's been great. And I thank you. Thank you so much. Listeners, Uh please tune in again next Wednesday. Same time, same place. Thank you. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Listeners, I just want to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show is based upon the opinions of Denise Messenger and her guests. The information on the show is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional And it's also not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and experience of Denise and her community. We encourage all of you to make your own health care decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified health care professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and we're not here to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you and good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.